0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives.
1: So Today we're talking about conflict.
0: Yes, what conflict resolution. Yeah. And uh, this will be, this'll be yeah. fun. We're going to look to God's Word. And we've been talking about in this series, the exchange, about in every relationship there's somebody that initiates conversation and there's also somebody that reciprocates it. Yeah. Just like a good game of ping pong. So if you haven't been here, that's why we have a ping pong table here on the platform. And so this is what we're talking about,
1: right? Conflict resolution, you know, conflict is simply the distance between expectations and reality, right? And the greater the distance that you what you (laughs) thought would happen to what actually happened. That's called conflict,
0: that's called conflict. So resolution then deals with the expectation as you're coming through the conflict. So if I told Christian, I would be home at 5 p.m. and I actually showed up at 9 Mm p.m. The reality is I arrive home four hours Mm -hmm. late. The expectation Mm -hmm. was 5 p.m. And every man in here knows that's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right. So there is and there has to be a resolution in the conflict. So it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody experiences conflict. Doesn't matter. It's normal. It's natural, and it's neutral. And so whenever you have conflict, what you need to do is stop, rewind the tape, and ask yourself, was my expectation clear on the matter where there's a conflict?
1: That's right. You know, Scripture teaches us that relationships, and specifically this area of marriage, mm-hmm. um, the primary purpose of that is that it teaches us that we can love like God. And we can learn how God loves us, which means we're going to have to love some difficult people. It means we're going to have to love some sinful people. Uh And Paul Tripp says this, if marriage and family are primarily about making life smooth and happy, then God chose a terrible plan. (laughs) I mean, let's just have one messed up sinner with a bunch of issues, join together with another sinner with messed up issues (laughs) and a bunch of more issues, and then into that ball of crazy let's add some little sinners who
0: will take crazy <laughs> to a whole nother level right it's funny <laughs> but it's right. so true and it's it is a recipe for conflict yeah. so God's purpose in marriage is not just to make us happy and having a companion but to make us holy by teaching us as says, to love like he loves that's for right. sure
1: That's right. So today we're talking about conflict. You know, it's the one thing that we all have in common, right? It doesn't matter how you grow Mm -hmm. up, regardless of your family structure, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're single again, or in your extended family, maybe in your church small group. um, We have all experienced conflict really on the regular basis.
0: Right. It's true. And so and what makes it even more complicated is we have all these different styles of conflict that we bring into the relationship. And this kind of just confuses everybody. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna go through a few of those things. Yeah, we're gonna
1: have some fun. This will be fun. Yeah.
0: Some of you are the peacemaker, all right? Which means that what you want most in your relationship is harmony. That's Mm -hmm. why so many people are going to e harmony, right? So whatever (laughs) happens, you're always trying to move the needle back to harmony. Your your attitude is basically this hey, if you're happy, then I'm happy. Which seems great, yeah. except when you pass over issues that you really yeah. should be dealing with. Yeah. And so for, for those of you that are into this, the peacemaker, who are sometimes unwilling to do the hard work necessary to re- create a good relationship, you're kind of like, let's just get back to harmony. I'm, you're fine and I'm fine. Probably a better name for that is a peace faker, yeah. not a peacemaker, right? So
1: so how many peacemakers do we have in the room? It's okay. We're just going to have fun with this today. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there, Okay. So some of you are sulkers, which is probably in my unhealthy version and my sin, um, <laughs> this right. is where I would fall back to, um, which means if you're a sulker, it means that uh, when someone close to you hurts you, you start mm. to sulk until they figure out what they did and they rectify it. Right. You know, it's like you turn your whole house into this giant escape room and everybody <laughs> in the house has to figure out what they did to you with no What's help from you, right? <laughs> I mean, anybody married to one of those and you know, don't raise your hand probably because you'll pay for it the rest of the week. <laughs> so um that's like I said, that's probably uh-huh. where, okay, how many sulkers? Come on, let's be honest. yeah, like mean, yeah, know, yeah, 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 okay, <laughs> so all like, right. Yeah. Thank you for that hand, yeah. thank you for that hand.
0: Then there's the stuffer. So in my unhealthy state, that's what I used to be. And I've grown a lot through this. This is the person who just constantly stuffs anger and conflict down into their heart. And you ask them, is everything okay? And they answer, yes, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm fine but everybody can see the little text bubbles yeah, above really their head high. with curse words in it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. and, and where you spit, yeah. the grass yeah. withers, you know? Yeah. And so that's where I used to be on my unhealthy state, yeah. so I've grown a lot through that yeah. and not stuffed that's as right. much as yeah. uh, growing and yeah. growing more to be a healthy in- individual. Okay,
1: how many stuffers do we have in the room? All right, we uh, yep, we All see right. you, we see you. So others of you, you might be the litigator. And this means oh, yeah. that uh-huh. in conflict you're just a really good arguer that usually you can prove um in, in whatever situation you're in that you are not in the wrong i mean it's not that you can't admit that you're wrong it's that legitimately truly you think you are never wrong and i tell you you're a lot of fun to live with
0: <laughs> so how many litigators
1: do how we many have litigators are in the, are room? In the room all okay. right
0: thank you all right thank you for your honesty yeah. i okay. mean and by the way have you litigators figured out yet yeah, when you win an argument at home you really don't win anything? Yeah. yeah. Right? It's true. In other places if you win an argument there really is a reward in a mm-hmm. courtroom, mm-hmm. office, customer yeah. service you usually get some benefit. But but listen if you think that's winning at home you don't really win anything. Yeah. So conflict is so emotional and complicating mm-hmm. that winning the argument does not actually win in the relationship. That's right. And then finally we have the screamer. This is the person yeah. who, when <laughs> something goes wrong, yeah. they just get it all out full volume.
1: Full volume. Full volume. Yeah. And, you know, we've noticed that people who come from families who were <laughs> screamers marry people who came from families who were not screamers. True. So in their first fight they have, we have the screamers screaming and the non-screamer looking at them thinking, what in the world? And the screamer's wondering, why isn't this person engaging me? <laughs> and the not. Non-screamers saying,
0: demon, come
1: out, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Strap that yes. evil
0: spirit, yeah. right? So, And uh, so here's what we're going to do today. These are kind of fun, but we're going to go to the book of James in the Bible to teach us this one really important concept about conflict. Um, one that if you get, if we get this together, we will fundamentally know and it'll change how we engage in the right. conflict. So James, we're going to go there, is the half-brother of Jesus Honestly, who would know more about conflict, family conflict and the strife than Jesus' own brother? And you imagine growing up in the home with the Son of God as your older brother. He gets out of bed in the morning with Mm -hmm. fresh breath, a smile on his face, and somehow magically his bed is made perfectly. He always does his homework. He eats his vegetables with joy and without Mm -hmm. complaining. And you're pretty sure he's doing something to the water over there that makes his water taste better than yours, but you can't (laughs) prove it. But here's the principle. Mm -hmm. Intense. Heated conflict usually involves idolatry in both parties. Mm. When you have conflict with someone, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying both parties are equally in the wrong, Mm -hmm. just that when conflict gets heated Mm -hmm. to the point that there is a relational brokenness, fracture, it often involves idolatry. And and if you want to deal with it, you have to begin there. You have to start with yourself. So Mm -hmm. let me show you what I mean. Let's go to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Mm Here's what it says. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? That's a good question, right? What causes this? So if I were to ask you what was causing conflict and strife in your life right now, most of you would probably point to someone near you and said, easy, it's them, right? (laughs) Right. Right? You'd be pointing at a parent, a Mm -hmm. spouse, a kid, or maybe you'd be Mm -hmm. thinking about a boss, a friend, a friend a small group member. But James says, listen, you need to think deeper about this in your own heart. Is it not this, he says, that your passions are at war within you. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel, but you do not have because you do not ask. And by the way, James is writing to church people here, so murder here is likely metaphorical, mm-hmm. hopefully, not little, right? <laughs> right. He's using hyperbole, mm-hmm. right? Think of it as rage or a willingness to destroy mm-hmm. a relationship. What causes that? He says it's your passions. Mm-hmm. It's your own desires that are at work within you mm-hmm. doing this. There's something that you want, something that you think you're entitled to, mm-hmm. and this person is keeping it from you, and so you despise them for it. Wow. That's deep.
1: Yeah, it's so deep. And so we're going to just take that, the scripture apart a little bit. You know, scholars say that this phrase, passions are at war within you, is an Old Testament yeah. reference to idolatry. You know, an mm-hmm. idol is something that takes place in your life over God. And, you know, most mm-hmm. of us think that, hey, I'm not an idolater, right? Because we think primarily that idolatry means mm. that we're going to bow down to this gold statue, and, and we think, well, right. I don't have any of those, so I'm good, right? But an idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life. Mm. It it can be anything. It's something that controls you. It's something that you depend on for your life and for happiness. Something that without it, you'd feel like life wouldn't be worth living. Mm. That's an idol. And James says this, when conflict gets heated in your heart, it's because you've determined that something is so important to your life that you can't function without it. And it makes you furious at that person who's not giving it to you. Yeah. I mean, and then let's notice what James says next. But you do not have because you do not ask. Right. Where should you first go to have your needs met? It's God, right? That's it. God will many times use people to meet your needs. But here's the thing. We can mm-hmm. never forget. God is the one who's in charge of meeting every need that you have. That's right. You know, if I'm a servant of God and I have a need not being met, the first place I need to go is to him. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately he is the one who's gonna meet my needs. Right. And James takes this even a step further in verse three. He says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And he says this, you adulterous people. I mean that wow, mm. James is on a roll here, right? <laughs> I mean he says, Some he of you that. pray, because we know he's talking to Christians here, he's talking to the church. Some of you pray. But But even when you pray, you pray as an idolater. And he compares Mm. this then to us to adulterers, Mm. Um, you know, because idolatry and adultery, they have a lot in common. What happens in adultery? Well, it's when one spouse finds certain delights in someone that he should be finding in his spouse, right? Right. And spiritual adultery is when you find happiness and security in other things that you ought to be finding in God.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: And so what's the point? Well, the point is when what takes conflict to a heated relationship-killing level, it's mm-hmm. that this person is keeping you from getting what you want. Yep. This person is keeping you from what you're feeling entitled to and what controls your emotions and what's essential to make you have you feel... Live a fulfilled and happy life. Mm. So the first way really to de escalate conflict in your life is to first of all acknowledge that, that yeah. and turn back to God and say, God, right. ultimately I am going to trust you. Right. I'm going to trust you to meet my needs, not them, not this person or these people. That might be a vehicle that you, that you bring my needs to, but God, ultimately, I am going to trust you to meet my needs That's and true. not turn to people.
0: Yeah, and then you may still confront the person for their wrong, but it won't be from this desperate, raging, you've attacked me at my core place in your life. So what does Christ-like confrontation look like? so we've put together a list of things if yeah. you're taking notes or following along on our mobile app, is number one, this is from various places in the Bible, mm-hmm. Christ-like confrontation overlooks an offense. Mm-hmm. So here it says, Proverbs 19:11. It is to a man's glory to overlook mm-hmm. an what? Offense. So I'm going to tell you this. It's one thing to feel offended. It's another thing to live offended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many of you are with oh, yeah. me?
1: Yeah. It's a choice.
0: Everybody yeah. has the feeling of offense sometime or another. That's right. In our life. That's right. But it's another thing to move that over to living offended. Mm-hmm. Proverbs and this great wisdom tells us, listen, mm-hmm. it's to a man's glory, it's to a woman's glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. So in marriage, we can think of it, we should say maybe in terms of ping pong. Yeah. Right. So uh, again, as as we look at this and... Um, we, we go to the table and we talk about this initiating, this reciprocating yeah. in our hearts and in our lives. But what can happen is, hey, things seem to be going well in the relationship, right? And we're getting along. But mm-hmm. then there comes this point where, hey, things get a little heated and we're just like, you know what? Gosh. I'm going to slam it on you.
1: Thanks, Derek. You're Thank the best. you, Derek. All
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're... So it gets spicy, and so yeah. what we're doing, we keep this initiating, reciprocating, going, but what happens is, is oh, you're playing good today, babe. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Is what happens is in our heart and in our life, we just want to slam it on yeah. each other, and so what happens is, slam it on me. That's not good. You can slam it on me. <laughs> right? <laughs> that would have been out. But you're just saying, you know what? I don't care if it's out of bounds or not. I'm just going to yeah. slam it on you. Yeah. And I don't really care because, you know what? I'm going to put a little spice mm-hmm. when I talk about this. Right. I'm going to put a little spice on the ball when I come at you, and there's no way for you mm-hmm. to reciprocate what yeah. I'm giving to you. And so then, then what can happen in the relationship yeah. is the other person in the relationship, can go, oh, oh. we're
1: doing that. We're doing we? that. Okay. So
0: that's the yeah. way we're going to play yeah. this? Okay, so you're just slamming it back yeah. and forth on one another, okay. right? You've seen this in your relationship? Yeah. Sure, we all have. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, like we're saying, this is more than just marriage. This is in all of our relationships in our life. Mm-hmm. Put it in a place where somebody can't actually reciprocate it because we want to get our point through. Mm-hmm. So a better strategy is this, is for the first partner to just let it go and then reserve the ball. Proverbs says that's very wise in conflict. Wisdom is knowing when to let a conflict go and when to speak up. How many of you realize yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, because you can yeah. get tripped up on a lot of stuff nowadays. Because yeah. there is people bringing up a lot of petty stuff. Mm-hmm. True. They're just trying to trip you up. Yeah. They're just trying to make it personal. They're trying to get the dig in on you. Mm-hmm. And that's happening all around us. Mm-hmm. So you, when you see someone doing something that causes long-term damage to them or re- another relationship... The loving thing to do, yeah, is to confront them. Mm-hmm. It may be just easier to keep the peace, but out of love for them and value for the relationship, you have to speak up. You know, in, in the words of the immortal theologian Kenny Rogers, the, the secret of <laughs> surviving son is yeah. knowing what to throw away and what to keep. Because you got to know, know when, when to hold them, them. know you when to fold them, them. know you when, can when can to walk. walk away, know when to run, yeah. right?
1: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: And, and that's about all I have to say on that that's one.
1: That's a good one. That's really good. Kenny Rogers. I love him. Um, okay, so number two. Christ-like confrontation is gentle. Can someone say gentle? Gentle. gentle. Galatians six one. it says, If a person is overtaken in, f- in a fault, restore them how? Gently. gently. So what does gently mean? Let's look at that. It means lovingly. It means respectfully. It means not selfishly. And here's a great litmus <laughs> test. Question to ask yourself, are you excited to confront them? Mm. If you are, then you need to stop because you're in sin. Because that's not gentle. Another good litmus test is check your pulse. If your ch- pulse is over 95, you need to wait. Because if you go into that confrontation <laughs> with your <laughs> pulse over 95, it's not going to be gentle and you will be sitting. So here's a real practical other tips is when you're in confrontation, use I language about your feelings rather than you language about their actions. So for example, if I'm going to say to John, John, you hurt me. You know, how is that going to come off? It's attacking, right? But if I say John, I'm really hurt right now. Mm. Do you see how what a difference that is? Just rephrasing that. Or if I say, John, you know, you're never home. Or if I would, right. uh, maybe I would rephrase that and say, um, John, I miss you and I want to spend time with you. Do you see how simply just rephrasing can trigger a heart of compassion versus a yeah. self-defense? Use I statements. Just really practical. practical. Attack the problem, not the person. Mm. You know, gentle confrontation is done with respect for every one statement. See, my, my, when, when we Matthew eighteen, this thing, this. When we Matthew eighteen, this, yeah. we want to bring the goal of that is reconciliation. When we that's confront right. someone, it's to build up, not destroy. So if I'm gonna go to him and have a um, confrontation, for every mm-hmm. one thing that I say that's wrong, I need to say about five things that are right. Five things that let mm-hmm. you know that hey, I love you and I appreciate you. That's gentleness. Right. Christ-like confrontation is gentle. Let me, let me just prove it with one quick illustration here. Matthew chapter 21. Remember, Jesus is in the temple and he's flipping tables. He's mad. And Jesus yeah. at his, is at his most expressive time of anger that we see in scriptures. And here comes a lame and a blind man, the most vulnerable. And this man feels safe to approach Jesus in this moment. And so that means even in Jesus' fiercest confrontations, there was a spirit of gentleness about him. There was always, mm-hmm. that's
0: for sure. Number three, Christ-like confrontation listens twice as much as it talks. James 1, 19 20, Be slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to yep. anger. Proverbs 18, 13 says this, He who gives an answer before he hears, which is listens fully, it is folly and a shame. This is exactly what some do. You know, the vast majority of communication problems are not expressions problems. They're listening mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. And so we need to listen. Be a servant listener. Seek to understand and only secondly to be understood. Don't interrupt. Take turns and make sure that you're allowing them to fully express their thoughts. Be quick to listen. He, he, he dis, doesn't say listen in a hurry. That's right. I, yeah, if that's you good. don't know what to say, Yeah. Uh, Ask questions. You still don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Ask more mm-hmm. questions. You still don't know after that. Just repeat what the other person Clarifying. said and clarify mm-hmm. it back because that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So the majority of communication problems are not expression problems, but they're listening problems.
1: So good. All right, number four Christ like confrontations own its own part of the problem. Someone say, own it own it. I'm going to own it. So so here's the thing, when you become aware in any way that you were wrong, you need to apologize for it. Just be quick to do that. Apologize to it and qualify it. I'm sorry because I did this. You know, so many times yep. we say, I'm sorry, but, and you can just stop right there because that's not an apology. Right. I'm sorry, but those aren't real apologies. Real apologies, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Yeah. I'm sorry that I did this thing to you. And, and don't say this, you're the one who made me do that. You're the one who made me act that way. No, the other person, if they're wrong and they're guilty, they will answer to God before it. But you are in charge of your own response, your right. own reaction. And by the way, this is one reason that we're huge on bringing a third party in for, con- for confrontation or for counsel, because right. some other people from the outside can help you see your own sin and your own emotions right. that have clouded your vision. Some people from the outside can come in and help see that a little bit better. So because when your emotions are engaged, when your emotions Mm -hmm. are enraged, you will always see yourself 100 (laughs) percent of the time in the right with no fault. That's true. It's It's true. It's
0: the best of us. Five. When at fault, Christ-like confrontation practices the three A's admit, apologize and ask for forgiveness. Admit. Be specific. What are, are you sorry for exactly? Not just sorry. Be specific and then apologize genuinely right. and then ask for forgiveness. It puts you in a posture of humility. That posture will really do more to mm-hmm. diffuse conflict than just about anything else.
1: Right. And number six, christ Christ-like confrontation is quick to forgive. Someone say forgive forgive. We need to be quick to forgive. See, in conflict you demonstrate what you truly believe about the gospel. Right. See, if the core of Christianity, at the core of Christianity, it's is being overwhelmed by forgiveness of the gospel. Mm. Overwhelmed by the forgiveness that's been given to you by Jesus Christ and through the cross, realizing that you've sinned against God way more than you've sinned against any person. Mm. And the forgiveness of God that God has given you is so overwhelming that we can gladly and easily forgive one another. See, when we refuse to forgive our spouse or that person that hurt us, you're saying in effect that their sin against you is worse than your sin against God. And that's just not true. See, God's forgiveness is supposed to seem like such an incredible treasure that every infraction against your life seems trivial compared Mm -hmm. to it. Because it's God's amazing grace that we're forgiven. How much people's grievances against you bothers you really shows you how little you're enraptured in the gospel. Yeah. Do we really believe in this cross? See, for most of us, our cross is too small. Our cross Mm -hmm. needs to get bigger because the reason we can't forgive is we we forget about the cross and the power and the wonder-working power of forgiveness. You know, forgiving someone isn't doing a disservice to yourself or to the accused. It's only magnifying the grace of God. It's only magnifying the cross and the work on the
0: cross. That's so true. Seven is Christ-like confrontation, is wise and patient in the timing of confrontation. Proverbs twelve eighteen. there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Rash words can mean words spoken in anger, but it also can mean words not given at the right time. Proverbs twenty five eleven. we probably know this verse very well, but mm-hmm. like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances, at the true. right time, at the right season. Mm-hmm. And so gentle so Christ-like confrontation is sensitive to timing. Ephesians tells us, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your mm-hmm. r- anger or mm-hmm. wrath. So mm-hmm. the main point of that is that we need to deal with our wrath and vengeance and get it out of our hearts. Sometimes a little time can help us um, separate unrighteous, selfish irritation from righteous and loving Mm -hmm. anger. That's true. You there know, was a Harvard. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Go, you know, I was just going to say that you know, texting or email. So many of that. Yeah. It's not translated well, right? And so, if you have a confrontation that you're going to do, do it in person. You, especially if you want to restore that relationship and you value that, have the value to do yeah. that in person and say those those tough words.
0: Yeah, and the, that's growing in the day we live. Everybody thinks everything can be done by yeah. text and email. What's happened to mm-hmm. face-to-face conversation? Mm-hmm picking up the phone, doing things like yeah. that, and uh, we got to be reminded of that. We're, re- we're created as relational people, yeah. yep. and we need to be reminded of that and respect and honor mm-hmm. each other. That's right. And Because uh, uh, there's a Harvard study. Mm-hmm. It says, in an emotional conversation, 7% of which you believe about communication is relayed through content, 38% through facial expressions, mm-hmm. 55% through body language. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. John, this is the last one on uh, the eighth one, is Christ-like confrontation overflows with gospel hope. For many people, conflicts spiral downward because there's an overtone of despair that really pervades them. This relationship is never going to work out. They're too broken. I'm too broken. But through the cross, we know that he can cleanse every sin. And through the power of the resurrection that God can restore anything that's been broken. Can I hear a man to that? Amen. Anything. What some of you need most is the power of hope in your life. And that hope comes from knowing that God has a plan for your relationship. God has a plan for your marriage. Even the difficult parts of that, he died for those things. So it's important. You can have good relationships. You can. And they're possible... Not many times in our own strength, but in his strength, right? But, you know, if we could have settled the relational problems on our own, well, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. But it all comes back to the cross again. The right relationships, the redemption, the reconciliation, making the two one. That's always God's heart. Some of you in this room today, you're mixed up in some relationships that have gone sideways. And God wants to heal it. Maybe it's with a relative. Maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's a son or daughter. God wants to make it right. God wants to do it. And maybe it's the right conversation at the right time. But God wants to bring healing on this and in our lives, in these situations. And you realize the older you get, life is short. Let's get our relationships right. They're vital to God. They should be vital to us. Because of what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection power to heal anything that is broken. Right. And uh, we can come. The Hebrew writer says he's able to save to the uttermost anyone who comes to God through him. He can save you. Okay. He can save your marriage. Right. I said he can save your marriage. Amen. I said Amen. he can save your marriage. Amen. Some of you in this room, you're playing games in your marriage. That's a covenant that you have with your heavenly Father. Don't ever forget it. It's a sacred calling. Quit playing games. Get it right. The relationships you have with one another, those are important. Those are vital. Get it right in Jesus' name. God wants to restore it. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now. Lord, we are thankful today because of the cross. That you died there for the brokenness of humanity.
1: Jesus. For
0: our relationships that were not right. First of all, with you and with one another. And Lord, I'm asking you right now that you would come and you would bring healing to every relationship in this room. The sound of my voice. You would bring hope because the gospel overflows with hope. Mm-hmm. And the gospel has the last word. Jesus. And you have the last word as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end today, Lord, that you're able to restore anything that we seem to think is too far gone. So, Lord, restore marriages, I pray, in the name of Jesus in this room. Restore the man or the woman. Let us stop pointing fingers at each other, Lord, and start coming and falling on our knees before you and asking you to restore marriages in Jesus' name, to restore relationships. Yes. To restore sons and daughters, husbands and wives. To restore, Lord, relationships that have gone bad. God, we're asking you to bring healing in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Bring healing, Lord, even now. Mm -hmm. Bring the work of your spirit, only what you can do, because we can't do it alone. Thank you for dying and being resurrected so that we don't have to stay broken. Father, I thank you for that and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at MyAbundantLife.com. Have a blessed week.